This is Jeffrey William. I am the Sovereign Man, and you're listening to Love Radio. Okay. Last episode. The Government Club. I was pointing out similarities between... Tools like social media and how to have an Instagram, have a Facebook, you got to create an account inside of this social media network. And this appears to be the same way that governments work. Create an account or a citizenship. A government is just... something on paper, corporation providing services on paper. We think of Canada as the landmass, but the government of Canada is only some fiction on paper, doesn't constitute an area of land. It's a service. Just like McDonald's doesn't constitute an area of land. It may own land, but it is not that land. If McDonald's owns a large area of forest, we don't say we're on the land of McDonald's. So it's kind of silly to say that we're living in Canada. What we're really saying is we live in the area known as Canada. Some people go back to tribal names, indigenous names of the area. Things like Turtle Island. Maybe we don't need a name for land an area of land. I don't have a problem saying North America. But yeah, we we talked about how you start an account in Canada. You become a citizen or you become an employee. You become a member. And in a club, you may have certain responsibilities as a club member. These responsibilities are what Canada, the Club of Canada, calls laws. 
they've created a legal system. These legal laws that citizens must obey. But it has nothing to do with men or women have to obey. Just citizens, just officers of the of the state. You may have a residence with a Canadian address and a postal code. That's because everyone is an employee or a private in the army and they're all stationed at a post. What's that postal code? It's your military post where you live or what you call your place of residence, your dwelling. So if we don't choose to be a member of the club or we don't recognize ourselves as a club member in the moment, then we're not bound by the rules of the club. As men or women, we are only bound by natural law. Because that law is above us. Just like gravity. We're bound by laws of gravity. We're bound by laws of the boiling point of water, for example. It's a law that as soon as you hit 100 degrees Celsius, water will boil. And only once you hit 100 degrees. See, different elements have different boiling points. These are natural laws. They don't change. They don't differ. Gravity doesn't magically change from country or country you live in to common natural law wherever you go. Yeah, well, maybe if you're on another planet, the amount of gravity might be different, but there's gravity. Man's law, laws change depending on what region or what time frame you're in, which proves how ridiculous these things are. That they can just be changed at a stroke of a pen and then must be obeyed. One decade it's okay to drink alcohol. The next decade you go to jail. What kind of ridiculous game are we allowing to perpetuate around us? We also talked about capitalism versus ideas like a gifting economy or a resource-based economy. There's people like the ones who are involved in the Venus Project or Michael Tellinger and his organization out in South Africa with their movement called Ubuntu concept of a community-based economy where it's essentially a voluntary system. You voluntary, you volunteer, volunteer your time towards a 
community endeavor. Michael Tellinger's formula is three hours a week. If everyone volunteered three hours a week, a community could sustain all its programs, duties, and create a thriving town. And I think this is a beautiful concept. We can volunteer our time in areas that we enjoy to work on, share our own personal gifts for the collective of our community. So the gift-giving economy already exists, but I think it needs to be promoted even more by everyone. We can slowly transition to this day by day, year by year, by just simply paying things forward more. You have something, you don't need it, give it to someone else. You may, that may be a material possession, that may be a skill that you have. You give your talents to someone else, maybe help them paint their living room, help them move out of their house. We do this for our friends all the time. I think we gotta widen, broaden our social circle help out our entire community however possible to the point where we help each other out so much we don't need to buy things anymore we don't need trade because we just help each other and this may take a while to fully manifest but it's something that we can start working on today. Something I can work on more even. Something I can work on much more. They're just the little things. We can help each other out. And transcend this monetary system that we live under. Because it's only allowing a corruption to perpetuate. Corruption can't perpetuate in a gift-giving economy because everyone has everything. So there's no scarcity, there's no fear, there's no manipulation. I think a lot of people would agree that because of this monetary system an evil force has sort of taken control of our governments, of our world leaders through blackmail, through bribing, manipulation. It doesn't, potentially doesn't matter who we vote into office. If they don't go along with this evil's plan, the narrative, well, they get bribed to do it. They get blackmailed to do it. Potentially, they even get assassinated if they don't do it. And then a new party comes in, someone willing to not sacrifice the life of their family or themselves in the name of their countrymen.
someone will come into office that'll do the bidding. And if you have so much money and so much power, you can create these scenarios and hijack governments. So we're allowing for a possibility of hijacking in our leadership, in our organization. And partly this may be because of our monetary system and the way that we organize our wealth. You know, we don't need to take this wealth back. We just need to transcend it. So that wealth is useless. We don't recognize that money as having any value anymore. It doesn't have any physical value anymore anyway. It's not backed by anything like gold or silver. It's what they call fiat. It's imaginary. We just give it power because we recognize it as being of value. And next is this crypto system that's coming in, which is literally nothing. I was having this conversation with a buddy yesterday. Like, what can you buy with crypto? Maybe the odd online service. It's invisible. Just like our fiat money system now is invisible besides some plastic notes that are printed off. We're already in this digital crypto world. Now with the threat of contagion we're getting further and further away from an actual physical trading item paper notes these debt notes they say if all debt was paid back there would be no much no more money left in the world money is created on debt that's why they're called debt notes. So a government may say we need money, we print money, we're creating debt. This debt gets paid back to someone. It used to be paid back to a nation's bank, but now these nation banks have been privatized. Like the Federal Reserve is not owned by the government of the United States. It has private shareholders. In Canada, I believe it works a little differently where it's under the central banking system. Individual banks can essentially create money out of nothing by just typing some more numbers into a computer. Perhaps all the Bank of Canada does is just print extra paper, extra plastic notes into circulation, circulation. So if you're like me and you recognize that there is this potential potent evil that is hijacked our leadership, then you don't want to fund a leadership program 
that has the potential of being hijacked and most likely is hijacked now. You may just want to promote a, a gifting economy in your community. You help out your neighbors, you volunteer, and that's your form of community cooperation. And that's where I'm at. I don't want to continue to fund what I think to be a hijacked community government with money. But there's a threat of violence that if you don't pay taxes, that you'll be harmed, that the taxes will be taken from you one way or another. Either you'll go to jail for unpaid taxes or your house will be taken from you and sold in a tax sale so the city can get the money that it didn't collect from you. This is your house, but yet it can be taken from you and sold to someone else? That's theft. And if you object, what happens? Do you just stay in your home and then a sheriff knocks down your door and removes you from it because he deems it as not being yours anymore? Where does he get the jurisdiction to take what is not yours? To take you out of what is yours? To take what is not his, I mean. It's an illusionary power that they feel they have. And so this is what I'm working on right now. I've notified my city, if I don't even want to call it my city, I've notified my community, perhaps, the people in my community, that I will no longer be participating in property tax. I no longer want the services attached. I don't need to go use public rec centers or libraries, skating rinks. I don't need garbage collection. I don't put out garbage anymore. Even though I'm sure I could and it would get picked up anyway. I want to be honorable, I'm not going to put it out. This is a, these are programs, some of these programs I would like to continue to use. I would rather have my garbage picked up than take it to the dump, personally, and pay. I just went to the dump yesterday, it cost me $19. But this is the first time I've gone all year, and we're, I think, past the halfway mark of February now. So that's pretty good. I made a lot of garbage because I tore tore a lot of things out of my home. Did a little bit, a little bit of demolition. So I figure I could probably get away with going to the dump six times a year. At 20 bucks, 120 bucks for garbage disposal every year. I think that's pretty reasonable and I think that's what I would pay 
for a garbage collection service if it was offered on the side of a property tax mandate. If it was on the side, I would gladly say, yes, give me your $120 service to come pick my stuff up at the end of my driveway. That would be fantastic. I would like to pay these individual community departments for the services that I want instead of one fee or nothing and we decide what we're going to give to our community. But don't worry, you can vote in someone who may be corrupted by money and do what people with money want anyway the, the big the big rollers the high rollers things like power and water these are services that I pay for I get a bill for my water and sewage I get a bill for my electricity and my natural gas that heats the building here. This is how I want every service to be. Give me a bill for parks. Give me a bill for, well, if, if it's a service that I want to promote. I really could care less about these horticulturists that work for the city and spend all this time planting flowers in road mediums. Sure, they look good, but I think we got more important things that we need to to work on rather than spend all this money for these folks to just plant flowers and dig up weeds. I'm sure there's lots of people that would like to contribute to that, and we thank those people for making a more beautiful city. But that's not something that I feel is important for my dollar to go towards my community right now. There's people living in tents in the middle of winter and we're worried about setting up 50-foot Christmas trees at City Hall and getting little flowers on every street corner. I think this is bullshit. So, at the beginning or the end of last year, I notified the city that I would no longer be paying property tax. Now they think that they have power over me and my property and they can say, well, too bad. If you don't pay, there'll be uh, interest. And if you don't pay, there'll be a lien against your house. And if you don't pay that, there'll be a possible tax sale on your house. If this is my house, where do they get the jurisdiction to sell it. So I stated on the record that this is my property and if any man or woman claims it to be theirs, let them sit forward and claim that now. As far as I know, I'm the only one that maintains this building, resides in it, Besides my roommate. And he'll acknowledge that I have control over the building. 
my family and friends, my neighbors will all acknowledge that I'm the man that takes care and holds and is rightful owner of this space. I pay for it, I manage it, I maintain it. I'm restoring it to its former luster and beauty, improving it. I feel as a man I should have that opportunity to own something like this, to be proud of my own space. Otherwise, if it was just a community space and I had no say over it, I don't think I would have any motivation to make anything beautiful knowing it could just get taken away from me. Heard a cool story about Jack who grew an apple tree. And after five years, the apple tree started bearing apples. Jack had 50 apples every year off this tree. But some communists came and said, hey, Jack's got this tree and he's getting all these 50 apples to himself. We say that we go take those 50 apples and share them amongst the community so everyone gets an apple. Well, the next year that happened and Jack had no more apples left. Hence, he had no more motivation to work on the tree. He spent all his time and energy building that tree up, giving it nourishment and love. Now, because all his his rewards, reaping his rewards, his harvest of his hard work were taken from him in the name of community. He had no motivation to continue to work on the tree. And so the tree actually just withered up and died. And now nobody had apples. And I think this is a beautiful example of where communities feel that they have the power to control everything and leaves people with no motivation to better themselves, to improve their situation. Because I think once you improve your situation and you gain so much wealth with inside of you and your property, you eventually start sharing that wealth with your family and your community. You share those apples. Jack can't eat 50 apples all at once. So he starts handing them out. You know, and the next year he gets 60 apples. And there's even more to hand out. So I sent notice into the city. They feel that I have to follow their rules. And this is a hot topic in my life right now. I've been in communication with the tax collector, Rob Dravinsky, the city of Hamilton. Dravinsky. Rob maybe thinks he's just doing his job, 
I think he's threatening violence against me by telling me of the potential tax sale of my property. What does that mean, tax sale? You know, I told him that a property lien I'm fine with because this is all done in legal paperwork. It means nothing. Yeah, if I was to sell my home legally to someone else, now all these red flags come up and you can't sell it without a lien being made whole again. I don't need to sell my house legally. I can trade it with whoever I want lawfully. I don't have to work under a legal system to, to trade my property to someone else. Maybe a lot difficult. May not be able to find as many willing people because they don't understand common law and common trading for such a big item like a house and property. But we do this all the time for little things. You know, we do this for trailers and for ATVs. We do this for shoes, for coats, for baseball bats. Don't need to register these things with some legal society and get their permission to sell it to our neighbor. We just sell it here. Now it's yours. Recognize it. We we all recognize it as yours. I got the money. You got the item. It's in your house. I can recognize on the record that I gave it to you. And you gave me some compensation that we, at the moment, decided was equal and fair. So we can do the same thing with our larger property items, our cars, our homes. And I just state on the record for the city that I claim this property is mine. And if any man or woman claim it to be theirs, then let them step forward and show proof of their claim. What evidence do they have that it is theirs? Because I have lots of evidence that it's mine. Photographs of me living here, work that I've done, neighbors that all know me, family that all know that this is my place. Probably bring 100 people on the stand to state on the record in front of our community that yes, I recognize this as Jeffrey's home. I don't think any other man or woman would be able to do that without hiring a bunch of people to lie for them. So what happens? A tax sale. I told the tax collector, by all means I can't stop you from selling a piece of paperwork which states that there is physical property but really has no jurisdiction over physical property. A title deed in the legal world, but really holds no physical ownership over where that physical property is. It's just selling a piece of paper. Maybe that's all a tax sale is in their world. But are sheriffs and new property owners going to be able to acknowledge that? 
and respect that? Are they going to have full disclosure that you're only buying a piece of paper or documentation? You're not actually buying this physical house that Jeffrey lives in because it's his. Can't take that from him under common law, under natural law. But they may attempt to do it anyway and break common law because of their ignorance and their deep-rooted belief in the legal system and their justification that they're just doing their job and so they must be doing the right thing. Thanks for tuning in to this next episode with me. And we're going to go deeper into these topics. Taxation. Gifting economies. The karma and spiritual repercussions attached to breaking natural law. Because I think a lot of us would agree that there are repercussions for our actions in a spiritual realm. Not just the physical realm. Well, it manifests into the physical realm. There's already a law in order that balances out things in our life. We don't need man to play God, deem who's guilty and lock them up. I'm Jeffrey William. I'll see you next time.